Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. We are happy that Johann van Damme can be with us again this Sunday. This time he will teach us more about God's kingdom. What is God's plan? Why do we pray thy kingdom come? And what do we know about this kingdom from Jesus and Paul's teachings? And we will see in what way the church resembles God's kingdom. So let's concentrate on Johann's sermon now. I would like to say something, first of all, uh, that I'm sorry. Uh, I'm from Holland. When I am here in your church, try to speak English. I ruin your language. <laughs> I'm so sorry. In Austria, I ruin the people their language. I don't speak really well uh, German. And so I'm waiting for heaven. I hope that in heaven I don't speak with an accent and nobody asks, are you from Holland? That's better. Good. I am at least a free person now. Uh, as I am not uh, regular here, I would like to uh, use my chance to say a few things also who are on my heart. I think at a place like this, make certain that you have an hour very consciously with God. And if this time in the church is not a conscious time in the presence of God, you miss the whole thing. Uh, if you sing your songs and you just sing the songs because the number is mentioned and the, the, you can read it here and so you sing it is such a pity the value and the power of a group of Christians is when if they stand all consciously in God's presence and you can smell it for an outsider to come in if this is the fellowship being in God's presence if you are in God's presence or not is not depending at the first place if you have an extreme holy feeling but it is an act of faith when God says when two or three are together in my name I will be there and who is here God and you are now in his presence And if you do as if not, that is not extremely honoring for him. If you just don't observe him. And, and this hour in his presence helps you to live another week. Helps you to, to live consciously at home in his presence. And so make certain... That you practice living with God. I think God is one of the forgotten ones, even amongst Christians. They have the religion, they have even the right to religion, yeah, because you're supposed to be an evangelical, don't you think so? Uh, but you know, 
to be an evangelical and somehow not living consciously with God, you are totally missing the thing. That is also, I, I think, an extreme important thing that Christians don't forget God and live, in fact, a godless life, a life where God has no place in practice. This is Christianity, living with God. I would like to speak today about the theme, knowing him. Now, I told already that I would like to speak about the kingdom, but that has to do with one another, knowing him. And if you want to know, learn to know Jesus, then you can hear, hear what he has to say, and then you learn to know him. Read the Bible, and you know what is important to him and not. But also look at his life. When you look at his life, you can see what is important to him. Uh, people, if they want to know, learn to know you, they will not only listen. Does this fellow speak about God and what does he say about God? Then look also to your life. You are communicating in two ways. Your life and that what you say. For many Christians, bad enough is that what Jesus says, something like, I must do this and I may not do that. And they have very many rules. Uh, what they must do, uh, they must even go to church. Who knows what the church thinks if I don't come and I don't sit on this chair every week. Yeah? Uh, this kind of thing uh, is very dangerous. If your relationship with God is making doing things like going to church my kids told me once why are you praying for for the food i got scared of this question because i thought if we don't what's left over from our christianity just imagine so stupid. Even the thought was stupid. That I thought Christianity is gone if we don't pray before the meal. Somehow rules becoming life are supposed to be life. Just imagine. You get married. You sit. Or even have to stand before the official and he will ask also, 
if you are prepared to take this lady as your wife or this man as your husband, and you are supposed to say yes, is your thought. Mm -hmm. If I do this, then one, two, three, four, five, and I have to do the dishes, and I have to do... (laughs) Yeah? So stupid. No! You don't say yes to a whole bunch of rules. You say yes to a person. And you do it afterwards because you love the person. And then you do things differently. You know that if you are doing things who are not right, then you hurt Jesus. If you are not prepared to forgive, it hurts him. And that's why you do it. Stealing. We could steal in so many different ways. Stealing. It hurts him. It's not that you don't may steal. And you're not supposed to do all kinds of things as a Christian. The question is, what does hurt him and what enjoys him? That's how marriage functions. There you can see it has to do with the relationship and it has to do with a relationship with God. Uh, my wife has the gift of talking to people. I have the gift of being silent. Now, after the church meeting, I disappear. My wife wants to stay and talk. You know, it is so good if to stay and wait for your wife that she can develop and do what is in it, what her gift is, and I live for the other with a desire that a person next to me can grow. Some basic points before we start about talking about the kingdom and all kinds of other things of knowing him and what's on the heart of Jesus you say knowing him and the kingdom what has that to do with one another Uh, interesting enough you uh, read that Jesus speaks different times of it that he was uh, bringing the gospel of the kingdom of God. He brought the gospel of the kingdom of God. If I read a sentence like that, I I sit there and I'm anxious. Uh, If I just could hear what he is saying. Are you also preaching to people the gospel Of the kingdom of God. Paul did it also. We read also from Paul that he did that. And 
uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, there were 40 days between Jesus dying at the cross and Jesus uh, being there again uh, amongst the people. And he met different times uh, the disciples. During this period, we read that he spoke with them about the gospel of the kingdom. He spoke with them about the kingdom. That was the only subject you read about that he spoke about. Somehow, for Jesus, it is extremely important the kingdom of God. And in the, the Father, our Heavenly Father, the prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come. Do you know what you are praying for? Have you ever asked the question, For what am I praying now? And I think it is extremely important if Jesus preaches the king, the gospel of the kingdom. When we pray in our Father, uh, he taught us to pray, your kingdom come. It, it was his goal, what he wanted to reach. It was the thing he lived for. It was even the thing he died for at the cross. Uh, you say he died for our forgiveness of our sin. Yes. But why did he want uh, your sins to be forgiven? Only to give you a ticket to heaven? Yes, this is one of the things. He wants you in heaven without the sins. Because you cannot appear in heaven with your sins, that would be really awkward. That would be the last thing you want. But also on this world, he wanted to forgive our sins, to clean inside. And he did not die for 98%, not even for 99% of your sins. He died for one. 100% of your sins clean pure white that he is able to move in into our lives and that is rebirth rebirth is I start a new life I ask Jesus to come and live in me and Paul said, not, not anymore I, but Jesus lives in me. Are you born again? We have read before the text. If you accept you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you born again? Did you ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive your sins? And you know, you don't have to do special, a special thing for that. He did it. He did everything. You just have to bring your sins. Uh, 
a little bit more about that later. Uh, in order to come in into your life, he in you is the almighty God in you. How do you see yourself as a person like a, 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 a dustpin? All the junk you have, you put in it. Yeah, I'm one with a lot of junk inside. Or am I one with a living God in it? The way you see yourself, that is how you are. And I am one with a living God in it. And not one with all that junk You know why? Not because I've never done stupid things and, and sins. They are forgiven. I am here standing as a forgiven one. Your chair also a person who is forgiven. And you are not a junk pin pot. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit basic to live being born again basic to live and I want uh, to say a little bit more about this yeah. if you have asked Jesus to come into your life you know then it is so totally stupid If anybody asks you if God's fullness is in you, to say, I, I don't know. So stupid. Then you need very urgently a screwdriver, they would say in German. Because one or other nut is loose up there. Yeah. Because if you believe that Jesus is in you, Not anymore, but me, but Christ liveth in you. It is so stupid not to be certain that also his life is in you. And his life is an endless love. You are not a squashed out lemon. You are one with God's fullness. You might feel like a scorched out lemon. That might be. But you are one with God's fullness. You know, uh, to know if God loves you, um, you can go on two ways about this. You can ask yourself the question, am I worth being loved? And you ask yourself the question, and most likely at the end of the story, you will say, no, yeah, uh, not really. Uh, God cannot really love me. No, the Bible says that God loves you. Okay. Does God love you? And don't let that be in a question. If you stand once before God, 
one day. And you say, now I, I, I couldn't live so really well. I could never believe that you really loved me and was interested in me. If you stand before Jesus and you see the two marks on his hands when he wants to take you in his arms, you will not be able to tell him that you couldn't believe that he loved him, that he loved you. You are not able to tell him that story. It will not come out of your mouth. I can tell you now already, when you're standing God before heaven, you are not able to tell this stupid thing after Jesus has died for you. If you are not totally convinced of God's love, something is totally wrong in you. You haven't understood. Jesus has given his love and his life for us. And just exactly the same as you read it in the Bible. And that is why I know he loves me. You read in the Bible about rebirth, about new life, about Christ living in you. In uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, don't you know that, that the Holy Spirit is in you, that you're a temple of God? Don't you know? Do you know? Do you know? Is this how you live? What is the kingdom of God? Let us give it a few more thoughts. God's kids, his children, are living as a family together. And here sits the family. God's children. Uh, it is not only that you got the name of children, but you are a part of him. You are reborn, born of God. Reborn. Here are children of the living God. And they have all a new life. Everyone born again and Jesus in them. And the church is the beautiful place where you can observe God. Where you can observe Jesus. Now you might say, <laughs> this place is really a place where I see everything. Just not God. And I think the devil has really much about the devil, I must say. But when I think about the church, I must think of this. That the people have given up on the church. And the church is on this earth the beginning of God's kingdom. 
the central thing of God's kingdom is his presence. The central thing of this fellowship is God's presence. And only if, if God is very consciously in the center of it all, it, it starts tasting like his kingdom. You can see more and more of the kingdom. If you think the church is not very alive, you must ask urgently a question. Am I alive? Just imagine, when you have a dead person, smells already a bit, and the person thinks, now I am not really living with God, but anyhow, I belong to the fellowship, I faithfully go. You have a whole bunch of those. That smells. Dear one, are you alive? Are you living with God in daily life? Is this your desire? That is Christian life. People on the way with God. People on the way who start a new nation. A new fellowship. Now, I, I told you before, I'm from Holland. Um, but if you are from Holland or from Austria, to be very honest, there is so little difference. Now, yeah, it is here a bit more unequal. In Holland, this is nice flat all over. Yeah, you don't have to climb on mountains if you want to go somewhere. Yeah, there is a difference. But the difference is so little. Now, the difference between being a Dutchman or being an Austrian and being one of his kingdom, of his nation, is so big. It is so big. Do you know the difference? The difference is God. Can you think of more difference? And is this difference seen in your life? Is your concern to be more like God? To forgive? To love? To care? Interesting enough, in Matthew 4, I wanted to talk about, uh, is John the Baptist was in jail, in prison. And Jesus comes then in action, and we read about it, that he started to preach the, God, the, the, the message of John the Baptist. What was the message of John the Baptist? Repent, my dear ones. Repentance is the beginning and the center of being a Christian. It is not something special to be a Christian who says, my life belongs to God. I surrender. I give my life to God. 
this the normal thing. And only if you surrender your life, you have the privilege of knowing yourself so hidden in him. If you distrust him, if you distrust him to be in his hands, scared that he will squash you. And that the life at the end is no fun anymore. This distrust makes certain that the closeness to God is not the greatest blessing. To be saying, God, my life belongs to you, is the beginning of a deep relationship. Is he really chief in your life? Are you giving a part to God? And make certain that you have that at the back. So, God, here, this is what you may have. I certainly. Yeah. This fellow, I really cannot stand him. Good. God? No. No. God wants to see too. Do you have the courage? That is life. That is life. There you experience his faithfulness, his closeness, his love. This being hidden, totally hidden in his presence. You experience if you trust yourself in these two hands. And then at the end, you can really say, those two hands are loving hands. It is so good to be his. To be in his loving hands then you can live. Interesting how Jesus speaks about uh, John the Baptist. And let me explain. One more point. Jesus chooses his disciples in um, Matthew chapter 4. Those three things, yeah, where he says, I, my message is the kingdom. Then he chooses his disciples. The world gets reached by disciples. He did send us in to all the world to make us disciples, all nations. By disciples, the world is reached. What is a disciple? In Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, If you want to follow me, Lay your life down. Take your cross on you. And follow me. And Jesus gave his life. His suffering. uh, the, The goal for a Christian. No, no, no. Rather fun and having a good time. No, no, no. Don't. 
aim for suffering. Jesus gave his life for others. And live for others. And if you take the cross on you. You start living for others. Laying your life down for others. And that is what marriage is all about. Laying your life down. That the person next to you. Can, can grow. This is what the church is all about. Where the person next to you can grow. And Jesus chooses his disciples. How is it in many cases in churches? I'm sorry to say. Are the elders. And if then somehow it is time for the elders. uh, To sit on a chair. And be a church member. And young folk stand in front. No, they want, don't want. We must make disciples. And your job is to help people grow around you. To make disciples. And if we are all here making disciples and helping people to grow. Now, it might be that you say, now this stupid fellow or this lady if I just see her that's enough okay make certain that it is your job to have this person growing what can I do perhaps say friendly hello listen talk and when people around you can grow That is an atmosphere in the church. That people grow. That's beautiful. Is that the case? Are you praying for the people around you? You know, especially praying for the ones who are battling. And and if they are not very nice and friendly to you, they might very well have also with other people difficulties and you have a lonely person in front of you. Okay. If it is a lonely person, just go there. I went to a youth group as I got saved. And I was dead scared of those holy leaders. Yeah. But I understood in this youth group are lonely people. And I have taken time with the ones who had no friends. That is life. That is life. Don't want to be yeah, the so-called high man. Yeah, be somebody. Take time with the lonely ones who need it. And if you have an eye and a heart for people to grow around you. That's life. That's church. That's the kingdom. And then you are a disciple. Laying your life down. And taking the cross on you. Is not having uh, the pain in your back. Or you say, okay, good. This is my cross I have to carry. No. No. That is uh, uh, perhaps... 
a, a different story. Jesus did not take the cross for any other reason as for helping others and laying his life down for others. Are you a disciple? Is this a bunch of disciples? The church is a group of disciples where you have an atmosphere to grow. Can you think of a person who definitely needs something? He's not an easy one. Yeah. He definitely needs something. Okay, be a disciple. Lay your life down for others like Jesus did. I have to stop. But this is a theme you could talk a week about and meditate even more. And the meditating about this and the not forgetting in 10 minutes is very important. Many things where God has spoken to the hearts of folk were forgotten in 10 minutes' time. And then it was gone. And I really hope that I've told you at least one thing what sticks, what you take with you this week, where you say, and this is what I not only want to learn, I must learn it. This is what is for me the thing to do. As is so stupid if a person, and I am already <laughs> 60 years a Christian. Now, if you have 60 years of learning after you, you are supposed to learn something. They have learned something. How many, how much did you learn? Are you actually changing or are you just sitting in the classroom, faithfully going to that stupid school? And listen every time now for a teacher. And then you go home and forget about it all. Then you remain in class one. Yeah? Make certain that you reach two, a three, a four. That you are a learning person. That God can give you shape and make you more like Jesus. He has a high goal worthwhile living for. Father, thank you for your presence, for your high goal, what you have for us. Thank you for this church and for the beautiful chance of every single one of them here sitting to be consciously being a part of your kingdom being a disciple helping people being a blessing and being more and more like you Amen